to the Earwig Review, episode 15. Um, yesterday evening, went out and saw a movie, The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg. Enjoyed it most completely, no real issue. Um, only good things, but there was one part and there's a few parts, but one in particular, um, that I, I really enjoyed when, uh, he's got this uncle who comes to town and, uh, he gives him this whole speech in the night and he says, something let me paraphrase very roughly he says uh to the the young steven spielberg maybe he's you know 10 or 15 or some young age i don't remember something along the lines of art is not a fucking joke and i thought that was very nice to hear um, the movie talks a lot about reconciling with the impulse to be an artist in whatever fucking way. Um, and it definitely hits, hits some notes on that, that level. So, you know. That stayed with me um, throughout the day, but very, uh, very cool to see a movie like that. Um, throughout the evening, I got some email yesterday that generally pissed me off. You know, um, sometimes you make big proposals, you put in a lot of work um to do something and then people say no and uh in this case it just totally my mood just fucking just takes a, a total nosedive um and your th your thoughts just kind of keep kind of toiling about it I was getting the the tires changed on the car and I just get this email and suddenly it's like carrying these tires and I'm pissed off. It was a totally normal, normal day. Um, but just, try, you know, it's not the biggest, it's not a big deal by any measure. Um, it's easy to just kind of mitigate these things and turn them into nothing, but it's, but still, despite yourself, it's just an incredible piss off, you know, these kind of things. So you get in these these moments where you don't know why something is pissing you off so much. And you know it's not a reasonable response. Um, but still, it just stays with you. So, you know, whatever, go on and continue to 
live my life knowing full well, you know, it's like, this is annoying. I can't focus properly. Go to sleep, but wake up, you know, what, three in the morning, three till six, I'm up just kind of stewing about this whole fucking thing, being pissed off, um, trying to process the, trying to process it in the most simple way in the trying to just not be dramatic and not be you know overtly sensitive um and i was just sitting in my chair and whatever watching trying to read a book trying to um watch youtube just whatever um and then get it i got a few lines out just you know i was like okay i should make a list of should itemize this these item these things that are that are bothering me just have the impulse to do that so i kind of you know scratch down one thing okay scratch on the other scratch on the other probably got about six or seven thoughts down and then i think i ate an orange <laughs> and then and then uh um and then went back to i got back to sleep at about 6 a.m woke up a few hours later maybe nine um and then as soon as i woke up like while making my coffee then i'm on my email basically using those bullets to uh elaborate in an email and writing you know my antagonists um the my rebuttal essentially and as this gets processed the the temperature and the anger just starts to release and and as kind of much as it kind of peaked now it's just coming down so we're talking about like maybe a 12 hour period maybe a bit longer but you know to kind of measure the amount of time it takes when to process one of these negative emotions or negative responses um it's interesting you know you get you get pissed off and then it's like okay there's 12 to 16 hours of fucking you know uh processing time problem solving to, to deal with it and then i was more or less good um once i got the um the email sorted out that said let me try to unpack this um I don't know if that, if A, most people, I, I, my, my general assumption or take is that a lot of people wouldn't react as strongly as I did to this particular thing. Um, it would probably just be like, okay, cool, we'll deal with it next week, whatever. Whereas I just go right up and I'm just, you know, have this uh high sensitivity to to certain things and this is one of them being told no <laughs> um when it comes to 
you know, the plan of action that I think is, uh, perhaps correct. You know, the, uh, the outline that I, that I proposed. Um, and I, I suppose what I noticed is that the way I got through it was through writing it out without really putting much, um, thought into that's how I'm going to process it. It's just what I did. And so I think about how that works big picture in my life where it's always like taking in everything that fucking happens, literally everything <laughs> and, and needing to process it through, um, writing, putting it into words and how that's so pivotal apparently to, um, how I have learned to function, um, in my day to day and how the times in my life where I've tried to take other paths, you know, leave writing behind or try to get corporate writing gigs or more, um, you know, jobs that maybe are a lot more, uh, subordinate, um, and more, and less just about writing, less about writing subordinate or not. I think that's, that's irrelevant. Um, but to tie this back to this, I think a lot of the ideas that are put forth in the Fableman's movie in, in the Steven Spielberg movie where his uncle's kind of warning him and he's like, look, like if you don't figure out a way to reconcile this impulse you have to make movies, you're going to end up crazy like your mother. And, and that is an art is not a fucking joke. <laughs> you don't just, you can't just put it aside and, and not take it seriously or it will fuck you up. And I think about, you know, my whole experience in life. Um, and I get that. I, I get that. It seems like figuring out a way to handle that, um, those impulses and use them to your advantage, use them to live in the world. Um, the better off I'll be it, you know, your sobriety depends on it. Uh, I think your relationships depend on it. Your, uh, any, whatever addictions or compulsions come up, it just, it always comes back to that for some people and for others, it does not seem to be an issue. It's just not in their makeup. So, you know, are we talking about these kind of more or less, um, 
tortured artist uh stereotypes or caricatures probably am i completely embarrassed by that absolutely um but you know it is what it is so i suppose the only other thing to kind of mention about it when watching that movie in particular I think it's interesting to note how I, when you see this young, young Steven Spielberg character always gravitating towards the camera and the editing machine. And I translate that immediately to, I suppose, like the kind of image in my head is of, of fucking this writing thing. Um, you know, just um, fucking keyboards, typing on on keyboards, scribbling in notebooks, and I, I don't know where that came from or why it's there, but every time I've tried to ignore it, it just blows up in my face more and more, and. There's, there's no leaving it behind. So that's all that. Um, some work went on the website this week, www.joshuahillelbarski.com, J-O-S-H-U-A, H-I-L-L-E-L-B-A-R-S-K-Y.com. The website you know and love. There's a mailing list that I've set up on there. I hope it works. Um, basically, you can sign up. And I took what I wanted to do these mailing lists are fun. I write a lot of long emails, like in certain jobs I've had in my current teaching gig, I write um, big emails to people. And I like that. And I wanted to bring that to, um, to this whole ecosystem that's that I've been building. Um, and one way to, that I wanted to do it was to take the month, I took all the month of November, all of the posts um, that I've read on the show week after week, and then compiled them as an ebook to, to be read on the, kind of that form. So you'll see there's kind of this um, big dumb picture of me, and then it says microwave dog skeleton. And then you, if you sign up for the email list then i'll send you that ebook and then i mean it should automatically send it and if it doesn't work please do me the favor and write me an email um i think it's connected to an email address contact c-o-n-t-a-c-t contact at joshuahalalbarski.com 
And if that doesn't work, write an email to joshuabarsky at gmail.com. If it seems like the technology isn't working, do me that favor. Brand new kind of thing I put up there. So I'd be um I'd be very grateful if um you could help me out there. Or you can always find me on chess.com username turtlecube3029. Um so, so here's the thing about that is that having these e these ebooks of the last 30 notes I wrote in the last month, all of November, all of the posts I wrote, all the poems I wrote, I know I use these terms kind of posts, poems, notes, entry, whatever. Um, then seeing those, are, that's the most recently updated version of me as a writer. It's like, regardless of perf any perfectionist kind of, you know, hopes or desires, it's like, the truth is, this is what I wrote. This is kind of who I am, um, no matter how fucking weird, um, bad or fucked up these things are. It's like, the truth is, I sat down to write 30 times and this is what I did. Um, and to, to update that every month to me just felt, um, like something to try a different way to parse out the, um, the info. So it's a, you know, a bit of an experiment, but, um, sign up for that mailing list. You'll get that ebook and then new podcast episodes and new books when they're ready and whatever the hell else I get up to with my, uh, my marketing efforts, um, that all get routed through there. So we'll see how it goes and maybe, um, maybe it'll be a fun one. So let's get into the posts and then I'll read the next part of blue Nile, which um is going to be great okay what did we do this is okay we got twig mucus three parts of twig mucus and then we got the line the pebble and mcdonald's yeah okay this is going to be a good one all right twig mucus where are we at strange why having some technical it's a sticky mouse meaning I'm clicking the post but it's not giving me any info let's try a different way Okay, twig mucus. A peanut twig and octopus foreskin under the door. Twig chipotle twig mucus. 
A whale was stuffed into a hotel room. Twig mucus was jabbed into the lock. Twig mucus was launched at the wall dingleberry. It was depressing, but no one did anything. God put twig mucus on the ground so that lawnmowers would become benign, and then people would eat twig mucus. They would wear sweatpants constantly and die less often. I did not expect to learn that anyone would ever ejaculate into a trumpet and try to say that it was twig mucus. But people have been doing that lately and making tons of money off of it. I don't think that's something that I will do. Instead, I will eat ramen noodles and take my book back to the library tomorrow morning. That's Twig Mucus, part one. And truly, it's a great one. And why the hell is this fucking website not working? Like, I'm just clicking it. Don't have a temper tantrum. See how it starts? If this was a human, I'd probably have a total fucking hissy fit and not sleep tonight and need to write a fucking 3,000 word essay about it. But since it's a robot and the internet, it seems more forgivable. Okay, that was Twig Mucus. Um, and by golly, that was good. A big, a peanut twig. Peanut twig, yeah. An octopus, octopus foreskin under the door. Peanut twig and octopus foreskin under the door. Twig chipotle. <laughs> twig mucus, okay. A whale was stuffed into a hotel room. Twig mucus was jammed into the lock. Okay. That's what, what do we got here? Okay. Twig mucus was launched at the wall dingleberry. It was depressing, but no one did anything. God put twig mucus on the ground so that lawnmowers would become benign. <laughs> that's so fucking stupid and awesome and then people would eat twig mucus they would wear they would wear sweatpants constantly and die less often isn't that great i did not expect to learn <laughs> this is good this is great i did not expect to learn that anyone would ever ejaculate into a trumpet and try to say that it was twig mucus. So there's a, a big clue as to this twig mucus thing we're talking about. Let me assure you, is not ejaculate from a trumpet.
um, despite what these people may be telling you. That's what I'm hearing. But people have been doing that lately and making tons of money off of it. Oh, God. I don't think that's something that I will do. Of course not. Instead, I will eat ramen noodles and take my book back to the library tomorrow morning. Good. That was a week ago I wrote this. Um, have I evolved out of the, you know, abstract uh, nonsense of writing about ejaculating into trumpets and wall dingleberries and fucking whatever that was? No. I'm no better than what you just heard, no matter how fucking awesome it was. <laughs> um, I went to the library last Monday morning. It was like a treat. I feel like I did a lot of work on Sunday and I was like, I'm going to, I just want to go to the fucking library and just like not give myself a time limit and um and just be there and i'd finished my book that i'd already taken out returned it and there's a good feeling when you do that when you because you it gives you the freedom to take out another any book you want you can take it out and um and that's, there's a sense of, I don't know what it is, but it's, I think you, a lot of people, you just, I feel like I discovered that when I was a young kid, you know, maybe your folks would take you to the library. Let's go to the library. Okay. What's in the library? All of these books that are kind of free, they, well, you get for a bit, but you bring back because they're, they belong to everyone. It's like the only, like true sense of of um equality like ever that makes any sense and uh it doesn't matter who you are you can show up there and fucking read these books and take them home bring them back and i, I don't know there's just something i remember how that felt um and there's so much kind of so much adventure to it and so much um, connectivity, I guess, to the world in a really kind of personal, um, but, but, but distant way, you know, both ends. And uh, yeah, I'm getting fucking super emotional. <laughs> thinking about it but anyway i got this other book um from the library and i'm reading it bit by bit um and that book i think is what i mean this is economic thought a brief history by heinz d kurtz and it's really a short book and they just are talking about breaking down um these economic concepts and i i assume really the kind of smallest it's almost like for the layman right um so i'm reading that and then i'm almost finished 
Sabbath Theater, Philip Roth. So that's the, uh, I think, yeah, I read, I read Counter Life and now I'm reading Sabbath Theater. Um, and that's, that's really something. I'm not, I, I don't know where I stand with Sabbath Theater yet. It's great. Like it's fucking crazy. Um, and I'm so happy to read it, but as far it's, it's one of these books and I think most Philip Roth books are like this, where they're just above you. They're just like, they'll show you what to, how it goes. Like your opinion is like, you don't really get one. <laughs> like it's, it's ahead of you. I think that's how it feels for me. Um, they're just so kind of above, uh, above my pay grade. So I don't, um, it's like watch and learn, um, is how, is how I feel like it is with those Roth books, uh, especially this one. There's just something so ruthless. That's what it is. It's a fucking ruthless book. And I think it, it really, it's like a dangerous read in that it's dangerous because it's, it's so liberating and like, look, whatever you fucking thought was a weird thing to write. Or, you know, it was a kind of a odd concept, like this guy's fucking, he was doing it in the nineties already, you know, winning every prize on earth for it. And, you know, no one gives a shit about your fucking, what you think is weird that you wrote because Philip Roth is fucking awesome. <laughs> Um, okay, Twig Mucus 2. Let's see. The exhaustion of six carrots has become the concern of the community. They have realized something. They have realized that Twig Mucus is the equivalent of a benign carrot stick. I have no desire to help them. I only have a desire to eat potato chips while reading a book. I will sit in my chair or on the couch and I won't even open the news. Eventually, I will fall asleep and nobody... <laughs> I will sit in my chair or on the couch and I won't even open the news. Eventually, I will fall asleep and nobody gives a shit about anything when they are asleep. When they were... Then when they are asleep. Right. Okay. I will sit in my chair or on the couch and I won't even open the news. Eventually I will fall asleep and nobody gives a shit about anything when they are asleep. This wave of apathy hopefully will transpire into a, a bag of baby carrots. I will order them to the house at an extremely high price. When I wake up from the nap, I will get them. I hope a squirrel will not eat them when they're on the doorstep. I don't know how long my nap will be, so who knows how long the carrots will be there on the doorstep. If the squirrels want them, then fine, they can have them. Go ahead, squirrels. Eat the baby carrots. It's my gift to honor twig mucus. Nice. Um, this very much feels like a... Um, what it makes all this kind of whatever emotional tinkering and 
fuckery that I was talking about. I feel like this is um, somehow a It's almost like whatever was going on here, this makes no fucking sense for the record. Whatever was going on here, um, exploded yesterday evening. I know I'm like, yes, it has to do with the, the you know, this email I got that pissed me off, but something about reading this i'm like i think i was already i think i was already kind of ramping up i think i was like building frustration building kind of working towards like uh you know some kind of fucking shit i don't know the exhaustion of six carrots has become the concern of the community okay the exhaustion of six carrots exhausted these carrots are exhausted and everyone is concerned. They've realized something. They've realized, of course, the twig mucus is the equivalent of a benign carrot stick. So this is news to our friends from Twig Mucus One, who thought it was trumpet ejaculate. Oh, so it's the benign carrot stick. I have no desire to help them. I only have a desire to eat potato chips while reading a book. Yes, leave me the fuck alone, and uh, deal with your your fucking baby carrot. <laughs> I will sit in my chair or on the couch and I won't even open the news. That's yes. I, you know, I've been trying to be very diligent about keeping up with the news because it's, I'm very much the kind of person, if I don't make it an everyday chore, it'll fall by the wayside because I will be reading something else or watching something that, um, maybe is a little less responsible, but more up my alley anyway i can see already i'm like fuck the news man eventually i'll fall asleep and no one gives a shit about anything when they're asleep yes that's uh i would have loved to have read this last night this wave of apathy hopefully will transpire into a bag of baby carrots okay it's apathy to the baby carrots but we're talking about the the benign carrot stick Exhaustion again. Okay. I'll order them to the house at an extremely high price. I don't get Yeah, yeah, okay. When I wake up from the nap, I'll get them. And maybe they'll get eaten by a squirrel, basically. I don't know how long my nap will be, so who knows if the carrots will be on the doorstep. Squirrels won't open them. Fine, they can have them. Go ahead, squirrels. Eat the baby carrots. It's my gift to honor twig mucus. It's a great post. Um... I mean, this is just what it's all about, is some average fucking twig mucus two post um, that really is neither here nor there um, in the grand scheme. Let's read. It's just a sequel. It was a sequel. And now let's read part three. Let's see. Let's see how this trilogy goes. But did twig mucus two top twig mucus one? Twiggy is three, eat pizza. The shopping cart was full of twigs and twig mucus. I pushed it through the parking lot and the receipt 
went flying in the wind. It was long gone. It went into a cloud. We drove home, and on the way, the carb came totaled, so we lit it on fire and walked home. I will miss that old car. I always thought that one day we would drive it to Montreal, but I guess I was wrong. We will have to bar buy a new car now. I think that will be the end of twig mucus. At least I hope it is. I know sometimes things seem pointless, and truthfully, sometimes they are. But tomorrow, we are making pizza for dinner. I will look forward to it. I will dream of it tonight when I'm sleeping. So there is that. And if that isn't enough, nothing ever is or will be. Believe in whatever the hell you want. Truly, I could care less. But eat pizza. I think that will be the conclusion of all of this. Eat pizza in heaven and in hell. Eat pizza. Eat pizza. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Twig mucus three, eat pizza. I'm going to read it again. The shopping cart was full of twigs and twig mucus. Okay. I pushed it to the parking lot and the receipt went flying in the wind. It was long gone. It went into a cloud. Okay, okay, I'm getting it now. Leaving the grocery store, um, shopping carts full of twigs and twig mucus. Pushing to the parking lot, and the receipt went flying in the wind into a cloud. We drove home, and on the way, the carb came totaled. <laughs> so we lit it on fire. Presum I presumably we got into an accident. So we lit it on fire and walked home. I will miss that old car. I always thought that one day we would drive it to Montreal, but I guess I was wrong. We will have to buy a new car now. I think that will be the end of Twig Mucus. At least I hope it is. I know sometimes things seem pointless. Okay, so that, it's like, yeah, I get, I get all of that. It just it's like running this errand and getting the, getting groceries, driving home. The car gets fucking losing the car. I know sometimes things seem pointless and truthfully, sometimes they are. But tomorrow we're making pizza for dinner. I'll look forward to it. I will dream of it tonight when I'm sleeping. So there's that. And if that isn't enough, nothing ever is or will be. Believe in whatever the, the hell you want. Truly, I could care less. But eat pizza, I think. That will be the conclusion of all of this. Eat pizza in heaven and in hell. Eat pizza. Eat pizza. Okay, I get it. I think it's... I think that this is this is a kind of um it's like attempt at 
um, a stoic outlook, like a certain uh, glamorization of, of, of strength that, that I don't think that I have. Um, I think that sometimes it can be so f like stupidly fragile in the face of such kind of, um, The word pathetic is on my mind. Um, the most can be so fragile in in the most in the face of such pathetic adversity. Such little things can tip us off in in such stupid ways. That's what I'm trying to say. And um, it makes me wonder if. When, when things happen that are, you know, above than usual shitty, real shitty problems, not just you got a work email that pissed you off, truly not even conclusive and still, you know, whatever, and you break, imagine if your strength is really tested, how would you react? And I think what this is telling me or how I'm interpreting it in this, you know, from this point of view is that it's, you'd like to think that in the face of adversity, you would still have, be able to muster enough hope and strength for the fall, for the, for the following day and having a simple meal. The following day this is what this is about you know you can it's kind of like um to accuse like um certain say stories or movies where they're like you know these kind of like machismo fantasies like uh your average like gangster movie you know it's like people you know like watching it to pretend like they could be a tough guy you know or like living vicariously through these weird fantasies through fiction common thing neither here nor there it's fine um it's just kind of the fact of the matter how these things operate but this one feels like a um a version, a version of that in kind of this, I hope I can fucking handle myself when real shit goes down. Twig mucus three, eat pizza. Um, cool. November 30th, the line. When I was a kid, I can remember the best times were being alone. And I can remember the worst times were also being alone. I saw it as a fault then, but I can see now how important it is. I don't want to bother you 
with talk about salamanders or beach garbage. Instead, it may be good to sit quietly and try to be calm. The world can seem very fucking incompetent at times, but I realize I am the through line. I am on both ends of the line for better and for worse. What is left is to try again tomorrow. It's only a day away. It's the same fucking story. <laughs> this is the the magic trick of the yearbook review. And I think I'm guilty of repeating this information every week. So, you know, so fucking whatever. Um, it's like, I was, I made it seem like yesterday evening, I got so pissed off from that email, but I'm realizing it's not the fucking case. I was pissed off all week. I've been dealing with shit all week. Um, and it, that was on Saturdays. I don't work. Right. I, I fucking, t I take Saturdays off. I've been doing this for years. Um, I don't, I even looking at my email, like, why the fuck did you, or do you have your email? How do I turn my fucking email off on Saturdays? There's gotta be a way, like, just don't look at it then get it on Sunday. But like fucking, that was so dumb. Anyway. What happens is I, I have a week and this week I had to deal with people and and I felt like I was surrounded by fucking incompetence and I was pissed off. And usually I can I feel like I can handle it and I don't I'm not so like angry about the incompetence of it all. I'm just I'm just like I can handle it, whatever. But this week I I I boiled over. That much was fucking that was very clear. I just said boiled over and I remembered I have a soup. Fucking off the stove downstairs. It's at the lowest heat. It's in a fucking crock pot. It's fine. Let me... Whatever. No, I'm just going to leave it. The worst thing that could happen... It's literally just lentils... Um, a bouillon cube, an onion, and kale. We were just—I was just using up lentils in the fridge. I'm like, let's, let's put the soup together. Even if it cooks down to the more it cooks, the better. Let's leave it at that. It's going to be fine. I think we're going to stop. You think I'm going to pause the earwig review to check on a soup? Are you crazy? I would never. <laughs> when I was a kid, I can remember the best times were being alone. And I can remember the worst times were also being alone. I saw it as a fault then, but I can see now how important it is. I don't want to bother you with talk about salamanders or beach garbage. Instead, it may be good to sit quietly and to try to be calm. 
the world can seem very fucking incompetent at times, but I realize I'm the through line. That, that little part right there, those last three lines are, um, that's where, that's what I got to work through. Obviously, whatever it's like, it's not, there's always, the world is surrounded with fucking geniuses and incompetent pieces of shit. That's a total constant and everything in between that's never going away. That will always exist when you sleep, when you're awake, it will, it's a, it's a, a force no different than gravity. It's the fucking spectrum of intelligence and assholes and your future best friend. It's all out there at once, constantly uh, in, in the ether. But whatever, but your point of view, your perspective, and the position you find yourself in, it has to come to a point where if you are in, saying that everyone's a fucking asshole, everyone is a piece of shit, you're the only common denominator. The the fucking woman at the uh, appliance store, and your student who's um giving you bullshit excuses and and whatever you know i'm omitting <laughs> i'm being I'm trying to be selective about who i um you know s fucking direct this shit to but anyway the list goes on they don't know each other they're not conspiring they have nothing to do with one another but I am the one who somehow found them on the same plane. And it's, oh, some coincidence that it's all blowing up at once. So it's, but you can't see that. You can't see the puzzle. You can't see the answer yet. And that's what this week has for some reason been. For some reason, here we are. I am on both ends of the line for better and for worse. I hope that doesn't look like a typo and for better and for worse it's both what is left is to try again tomorrow it's only a day away the line the pebble next up the world's most valuable pebble was created from snot and diarrhea this was confirmed by someone who spelled penicillin with an s he said fuck you constantly he said it to children and to old folks he said it to pregnant women and homeless men he drank mcdonald's coffee almost every day <laughs> he was constipated for almost his entire life his wife brought him apple slices it was remarkable that he had a wife. She thought that his theory about the pebble was the stupidest thing she ever heard. He asked her where rocks came from then, and she said, not from snot and diarrhea. But still, 
he never said fuck you to her. He would never say fuck you to his wife. He would say it to anyone, but not to her. He was a man who loved his wife. He loved her very much. Despite being the through line, despite creating a world of assholes around you, for some reason your wife still is here. And uh, I'm damn lucky, man. That's all I can fucking say. The world's most valuable pebble was created from snot and diarrhea. <laughs> this was confirmed by someone who spelled penicillin with an S. He said, fuck you constantly. He said to children and to old folks. He said it to pregnant women and homeless men. He drank McDonald's coffee almost every day. He was constipated for almost his entire life. His wife brought him apple slices. It was remarkable that he had a wife. She thought that his theory about the pebble was the stupidest thing she ever heard. He asked her where rocks came from then, and she said, not from snot and diarrhea. But still, he never said fuck you to her. <laughs> he would never say fuck you to his wife. He would say it to anyone, but not to her. He was a man who loved his wife. He loved her very much. That's probably the, one of the, the best love poems I've written in 709 attempts. In 709 posts, I should say, because I didn't try to write a love poem 709 times by any stretch of the imagination, but that feels um, more sentimental than, than usual. So keep up the good work. And lastly, McDonald's. Uh-oh. It says, I was chugging McDonald's coffee. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because I just outed myself as the fucking guy in the last one. The guy who drinks McDonald's coffee almost every day. But the truth is I don't. I drink it twice a week at this point. It's a new habit. I hadn't been drinking it at all. Like, almost never. But where I teach across the fucking street is this McDonald's. And the coffee's a dollar. I mean, I've been talking about it on the show. <laughs> And I just keep getting it. And it's, it's, I love it. It's so nice to drink it while I'm teaching. And they have this app. And it's so easy to use. And there's a, and a, there's these, the fries, they jump out of the box in this way that's just, it's great. So, I was chugging McDonald's coffee and thinking about stuff. I was standing outside of the McDonald's looking at my watch. It can be difficult to get along with people. 
Oh, let me just. It can be difficult to get along with people, but it is a good thing when it works out. So, look, you know, yesterday I thought it was such a... This, the whole last fucking 16 hours of my life, I've been like, what is it about? Why am I so angry about this fucking guy and, and this email and all this stuff? It's like, look, you've been pissed off all week, idiot. <laughs> like, look, why didn't you fucking do the show? Do the yearwood review. Obviously... You've been angry all week, you dumb fuck. You've been boiling over. You exploded. It was too much. The day you finally spend to real. This always happens on Saturdays. You know, I work every other day, Sundays. And on Saturdays, I just try to relax and it all comes out because I don't know if I give, if I spend enough time decompressing. I'm always just like basically binge work and then binge rest on Saturdays and then Sunday go all over again. And then I find myself in these fucking, you know, having these f fucking temper tantrums um, about stupid shit. It's like, you're, this was already going to happen. And that, that last thing just like sets you the fuck off. So anyway... Okay. It can be difficult to get along with people, but it's a good thing when it works out. I'm not the best at it. I'm not the, look, I'm not the best at it. But sometimes it works out. You want to get, I want to get along with people. I, tr I do. But it's difficult. It's fucking hard. There's like, I feel like I lost sight of it along the way but i look back and i think of my entire life and realize it's always been fucked it's it's a difficult thing but they're the people that are in your life that you get along with and that don't get included in these fuck the world temper tantrums like you gotta be so fucking lucky for that you know there's been times where i'd more or less had been distant enough that those even those small communities like when you can count like i don't know can get really slim you can get really disconnected and uh and it's fucked and i know there's people out there that are stuck in that and and it fucking sucks and i don't know what the answer is but it can be difficult to get along with people but it is a good thing when it works out i'm not the best at it but sometimes it works out the truth is i don't put that much effort in it's easy to feel bad about it self-pity at all but the truth is but the truth is i don't put that much effort in there are lots of different people at mcdonald's some put the effort in some less so I suppose it would be nice to go to McDonald's and have a coffee with a friend sometime. But for now, I'm good on my own drinking 
my coffee. Let me read that one more time. I was chugging McDonald's coffee and thinking about stuff. I was standing outside of the McDonald's looking at my watch. It can be difficult to get along with people, but it is a good thing when it works out. I'm not the best at it, but sometimes it works out. Truth is, I don't put that much effort in. It is easy to feel bad about it, self-pity a all. The truth is, I don't put that much effort in. There are lots of different people at McDonald's. Some put the effort in, some less so. I suppose it would be nice to go to McDonald's and have a coffee with a friend sometime. But for now, I'm good on my own, drinking my coffee. And there it is. The Earwig Review, episode 15. Fucking A. 15 episodes. <laughs> All right, now, without further ado, it is time to read The Blue Nile, Chapter 2. Now, this week, I also have re-recorded Herman's Jail as an audio book. And some few episodes, I have done it once before, but I just wasn't in love with the end result. And... Um, this one's better. This one I'll use. We'll do a show next week. Business as usual. Then the week, the two weeks after that, I'm out of the country. So I'm going to play, unless I change my mind about this plan, but I'm going to play the entirety of Herman's Jail audiobook. We got dogs. The entire Herman's Jail audiobook part one and part in two parts. Each I think it's gonna be about three hours. I've recorded about two hours so far. It's gonna be an hour and a half each episode on those. I guess that'll be episodes 17 and 18 will be Herman's Jail as an audiobook. And then on episode 19, I'll have like tons of posts to read. It's going to be fucking crazy. And I'll have come back from this trip and, um, you know, holy shit. So lots going on in that way. And let us now read the Blue Nile part two. Well, I don't know if it's part two specifically, but this is where we left off. Igor didn't remember the name of the town that Alex was from. It was an hour or so away. Alex's dad worked in the suit section of the town's only department store. It was seldom that anyone ever 
bought any suits there. If they needed a suit for a wedding or a funeral, there was a different store they would go to. The kind of business attire that Alex's dad sold was mostly pathetic to the people in town. His dad was the only person that wore a suit like that. His colorful ties and the herringbone jackets. Still, Alex never felt ashamed of his dad. Instead, it gave him something to prove. He aspired to be someone that could be respected for wearing a suit like the ones his dad sold. After he finished high school, Alex was accepted into a business diploma program at a college in the city. He moved to the city and wore those suits to class for less than a week before giving up and conforming to an attire that seemed more ordinary. Before the year ended, he had dropped out of the program. In the end, he felt like it just wasn't for him. They walked near the lake shore. They passed the ferry terminal and some kind of event center. There were seagulls clustered around the patio. People wore expensive suits, expensive gowns and suits and held champagne glasses. The sun had almost set and the view of the lake looked like a classic screensaver. Man, look at all that fucking shit. Range Rover, Mercedes, Audi, look at all that fucking shit. Probably some gay rich pedophile shit going on there. Fudge Packers, bro. Fudge Packers Central, you know what I'm saying? Igor didn't answer. He'd become distracted by a girl that stood in the parking lot. She waved a neon orange wand and senselessly directed the traffic. You know that chick, man? Huh? You know that chick? Nah. Man, you got a crush on that fucking chick, man? Igor looked back at her. He knew that she would never want to talk to him, but still he imagined what their conversation would be like. He imagined her seeing his jacket and how impressed she would be knowing how expensive the brand was. She would see how well it suited him. He imagined that if she loved him, then everything would be okay. Yo, man. What? You got a crush on that fucking chick, man? No, man. Igor looked at Alex, his unfortunate and disproportionate nose and his receding hairline. He couldn't believe any girl would go home with him even from Crocodile Rock. Carla will let us in. Don't say anything. Just follow me. He'll take us to the shipping containers. The first one he opens. That will be you. I'll start the truck, and then you get in and drive. As soon as I start the engine, you get in, and do not shut it off. Whatever you do, don't cut it, all right? All right. Go to the address. Go to the back of the building and drive in. The gate will be open. If it isn't, go circle around until it is. Igor nodded. Do you understand everything I'm telling you? Igor nodded. If you fuck this up, I will likely get my new girlfriend to shit in your hair, and then I will never talk to you again. Fucking ever, dude. So do not fuck this up. Okay. Alex looked stoic. Igor copied his posture. Carlo guided them through the building. None of them spoke. Igor's jacket was noisy. Alex looked pissed off. They looked in front of a row of shipping containers. Carlo opened the lock. Alex took a device from his pocket. He extended the antenna. A red light flashed on it. Alex fidgeted with the device until the truck doors unlocked. He triggered the remote engine and then nodded at Igor. Igor got into the truck and drove off to where he thought the exit was. He saw Alex run towards him. Alex banged on the truck. Igor stopped. 
he saw how pissed off Alex was. He pointed Igor in the other direction. Igor reversed the truck, but Alex got even angrier. He drew U-shape with his finger and mailed for him to go the fuck around. As Igor did, he saw the disappointment on Alex's face through the rear view window. Through the rear, rear view mirror. On his way back, he tried to see the girl in the parking lot. He could vaguely see the orange glow from her wand. He sped along the expressway. The traffic was mild. He turned off and went to the address Alex gave him. The gate was open. He drove in and parked. There was a guy there. He had deep bags under his eyes and an overwhelmingly chubby face. Stop there. Igor got out. He left the engine running. He was intimidated by the guy, but he tried to look stoic like Alex. Sup, man? The guy walked around the truck. He looked under it and looked on the roof. Cut the engine. Igor did. Okay, you're good. Igor looked around the auto shop. Three men stood on the other side of the room. They wore police uniforms and had a woman zip-tied to a chair. She looked at Igor. The guy snapped in Igor's face and gave him the, an envelope. You good, man? Yeah. The guy nodded towards the door. Igor looked at it. Yo, is it alright if I wait for Alex? Who the fuck is Alex? He said we might go to the club after. What fucking club? Crocodile Rock. Bro, are you fucked? Take a hike, man. Igor stood there for another moment. For another moment. Bro, fucking scram. Igor rushed out of there. He stood outside and opened the envelope. He counted the money. The guy followed him. Don't fucking count that here. Get the fuck out of here, man. Fuck. Igor put the envelope into his jacket. There was a secret pocket that the money fit into well. He went back to the street and walked for an hour or so until he got to the club district. There was a long lineup of men outside of Crocodile Rock. He didn't see Alex or Carlo or the guy from the auto shop. He went to the window and tried to look through it. A security guard came up to him and grabbed him by the back of the collar and told him to fuck off. He stopped at the gas station on the way home. After midnight, they sold two hot dogs for the price of one. He loaded them up with onions and sauerkraut and ketchup and ate them beside the propane tanks. He hoped the meter maid would show up again. He thought of what it would be like to talk to her. He imagined her asking him to go to her house. She would drive him there in her stupid car and he would tell her about the truck that he drove. He imagined that she would try to force him to scrub menstrual, menstrual blood from her carpet with all of her hideous cleaning products while she caught up on a, t on a TV show she had missed. He imagined all of the stupid TV shows she probably watched. He imagined her eating non-fat ice cream and stinking out the place with her thunderous and constant need to queef. <laughs> she probably queefed out her ass. Igor thought and smiled and wiped ketchup off his face. <laughs> he became afraid that she might be the woman that Alex was in love with from Crocodile Rock. The one who might shit into his hair. How fucked would that be? Igor said to himself. How fucked would that be? On his way home, he saw the prostitute standing underneath the pizza sign. 
He had $500 now minus the price of the hot dog. He looked at her, but she didn't notice him. Instead, she stared off at some cloud that didn't exist. He was too afraid to speak to her. He went back to his apartment and looked at her from the window. Eventually, a man stumbled up to her. He wore an expensive-looking suit. He took her hand, and they walked off together. Igor went onto his laptop and watched a show about a serial killer for almost three hours. Afterward, he watched videos of people having sex. He was annoyed by any lesbians and any men that he saw. Instead, he watched girls that were alone. He masturbated and thought of the meter maid and the prostitute and the girl that he saw in the parking lot. After he finished, he fell asleep with his underpants around his ankles. After he slept, his laptop battery slowly drained until eventually it died. Igor sat in his mother's kitchen. His mouth was full of salted fish and black bread. His mother took the envelope of money that he gave her to her bedroom. Your sister, Igor, things aren't going well for her. Her professor, who teaches her nothing, she wants to follow him to some nothing town. Which town? I don't know. Maybe she knows my friend Alex. You can introduce her, because Igor, the way she is going, she wants to destroy her life, spending what she does on those classes. She thinks she will become a doctor and save the world. She sh thinks she loves this man, but she doesn't know anything. She is throwing her life away, but she thinks nothing will ever happen to her. She thinks it will all end up as well as her dreams. How wrong she is. She used a step stool to climb up to the top shelf of her closet. She put the money in a shoebox and secured it with an elastic band. She closed the closet door and put the step stool back to where it was. I'm very proud of you, Igor, and your sister too. She knows how hard you work, even if she doesn't say so. If you weren't so responsible, Igor, she would be so buried into debt she would never climb out of it. She knows how hard you work, and she's very proud of you, Igor. Thanks, Mom. Igor burped into his fist and slouched into his chair. His mother got up again. She took some of the black bread crumbs and put them along the windowsill. A group of pigeons flocked towards her. Igor? Uh-huh. Your sister wanted me to ask you something. Okay. Don't be embarrassed. I told her it was none of her business, but she insisted I ask. All right. She wants to know if there was a special woman in your life or someone who you've been thinking about. Mom, I told her you wouldn't want me to ask, but she insisted. Igor looked at the pigeons on the windowsill. His mother saw that he looked sad and ashamed. Oh, Igor, don't be so upset. He looked away from her. She took the broom and began to sweep the kitchen. Igor, let me tell you something. You're tall and handsome. You're healthy and you make money and support your mother and your sister. You have a nice smile and good manners. Any woman, it would be their wish come true if you would take them out. They would be so lucky to have you. Igor blushed and smiled. His mother continued to sweep. 
On the walk back to his apartment, he could not stop thinking about the parking lot attendant. He went out of his way to see if she was working again. He saw her in the empty parking lot. She was wearing a large pair of headphones. He thought of how the lightning had looked the day before how the lighting had looked the day before. Now there was only blurred a blurred and shitty fog. Igor was too frightened to speak to her. Despite what his mother had told him, he couldn't do it. It wasn't enough. As he walked away, his thoughts felt slanted. He thought that he was a dumb and worthless piece of shit for some amount of time until for seemingly no reason that thoughts alleviated. He turned around and walked back to the parking lot. Uh, hey. The parking lot attendant blushed and awkwardly took off her headphones. Hey. I, uh, I think I saw you here yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah, I was working. What was all that shit? Oh, it was like a fundraiser. Cool. Yeah. I was heading to a job at the shipping yard. Oh, cool. Yeah. Igor looked at the ground. She looked away. He zipped up his jacket and she looked up. He saw her look at the brand on it. He wasn't sure if she knew how expensive it was. He looked at her backpack on the ground. The fabric was old and torn and there were abstract and satanic looking sharpie marker drawings on it. Are you, uh, do you need a parking spot? It's, uh, oh shit. No, I was, I was, shit. That's all right. Sorry. That's okay. So you just stand here and wait for people to show up? Pretty much. Does it pay good? 20 an hour. So like, it's all right. Oh, damn. Yeah. So like, whatever. Yeah, that's good. Actually, I barely do anything. I just stand here and chill and listen to music. If a lot of cars show up, then I just tell them to go farther down. Nice. Yeah, I, I literally just go like this. She waved the orange wand and showed him. It doesn't even matter which direction. Igor smiled. He rubbed the top of his head and scuffed his foot into the dirt. My dad works in the film industry, like driving trucks. So, you know, he knows the guy who owns the lot. So he gave me the job because of like cars. Hey, could I get your number? Oh, um. She looked away and blushed. Like, you know, I just, you know what I mean? She was endeared by how embarrassed he was. Like, I don't know. I guess I just, my mom was saying all this shit. I don't know. Fuck, whatever. You know what I mean? She smiled. He looked at her. Give me your phone then, dude. He gave it to her. She put her number into it. He saw her name was Vanessa. He texted hey to her. You're dumb. Sick. They stood awkwardly until they said bye. She smiled, and he did also. And when he walked away, she texted him back. I typed your name as tall guy, lol. Nice. She didn't write back in the next few minutes. What were you listening to? Some shitty band, lol. Nice. Lol, on the weekend, there were like four firemen in my building shit eh yeah it was like an inspection but i was like what if my building literally goes on fire 
I live super high up. I'm not going to like jump out the window or something. She sent him a blurry photo of the back of a bunch of firefighters. He looked at the photo and was unsure how to respond. They were checking the gas line, lol. Yeah, fuck, eh? Shit could blow for real. Lol, seriously, how fucked would that be? He didn't know what else to say. There was something impressive about how banal her messages were. He felt that despite her sarcasm, she had some kind of authentic optimism. Yo, hey. My name is Igor. Tall guy. Yeah. After a few minutes, she wrote, The Blue Nile. What's that? Some shitty band I was listening to. Oh, sick. Yeah. Lol. And there it is. Second part of the new story, the new book, The Blue Nile. And without further ado, that is the end of the Earwig Review episode 15 so head down to the website sign up for the mailing list at www.joshuahillelbarsky.com j-o-s-h-u-a-h-i-l-l-e-l-b-a-r-s-k-y.com get on the mailing list and if it doesn't work you got to tell me write me an email at contact c-o-n-t-a-c-t at joshuahillelbarsky.com or joshuabarsky at gmail.com and i'll sort out the details we can get to the bottom of that and thank you as usual um this is the greatest canadian fiction writing podcast in the world and i'm i'm very happy to um to be what am i happy <laughs> and it's fucking awesome so thank you